Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Here we go, here we go. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Horse Racing with Ken Rudolph. I am Ken Rudolph again today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate all the support that you have uh, put forth behind our program with the rating and reviewing, subscribing, downloading, and listening to our conversation pretty much every week. This is brought to you by the good folks at the Believe Podcast Network. It is the number one podcast network for professionals. We're coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Coming up to the biggest event of the year in horse racing, every year it's the Kentucky Derby. The 146th Run for the Roses is coming your way in about two weeks time in Louisville, Kentucky. This year's Kentucky Derby, everything has changed obviously. When you look at how we are dealing with the pandemic for COVID-19. So it changed the way that the tracks were running. It changed the way that trainers were training because racing dates were moved, including of course the Kentucky Derby, which is now on September 5th. The logistics of everything completely thrown upside down. We've, we've actually found out that some of the biggest jockeys in the country are not going to be riding in the biggest race of the year, the Kentucky Derby, because of the restrictions placed on the jockey colonies in Del Mar and Saratoga and, and everywhere else in the country. So with that, we already have a lot of uh, anxiety, stress, uncertainty when it comes to the Kentucky Derby. Um, even uh, patrons are going to be allowed on track. About 23,000 people will be allowed to attend the Kentucky Derby, which obviously is just a, a sliver of the 125,000 plus that will normally show up for this traditional event. And so with all of that, there is a huge, just a, a massive event that's being planned around the Kentucky Derby and it's all part of a boycott and a protest. So I wanna bring you up to speed as to what's happening. And today we're gonna to be talking about that. The groups that are planning to boycott, boycott the Kentucky Derby in Louisville, Kentucky. And right now, there are at least four groups on the grounds in Louisville, Kentucky, and they are pushing for this boycott, and more importantly, they're pushing for city leaders to meet with them. The four groups are Justice and Freedom Coalition, which was started there in Louisville, Kentucky. No Justice, No Peace also started in Louisville, Kentucky. Black Lives Matter, the chapter there in Louisville, Kentucky. And then a national group called Until Freedom, with co-founder Tamika Mallory. They have arrived at Louisville, Kentucky, and they say they plan to stay in Louisville, Kentucky for at least a month, if not longer. Oprah Winfrey paid to have 26 billboards erected in Louisville. The biggest name in the NBA, LeBron James, has been wearing a hat in support of this particular situation. And nearly every single athlete has responded in their post-game interviews with pleas for justice in this case. And the case we're talking about is the case of Louisville EMT Brianna Taylor, who was killed in her apartment in March of this year. It was due to the execution and the, the issue of a no-knock warrant. Now, since then, no-knock warrants have been banned in Louisville and in a lot of other places in this country. Now, the thing that they're asking for is that all three of the officers who were involved in shooting Breonna Taylor 
as eight to ten shots were fired into her home and struck her and she was killed. They're asking for those three officers to be charged and indicted and they also want further measure, measures uh, moving forward to punish the officers and to make corrective action for the community and to change some of the policies. Now, all of this is happening and it's going to be leading up into the Kentucky Derby. Today we're going to talk to Pastor Timothy Finley Jr. And he is the individual in Louisville, Kentucky who started the Justice and Freedom Coalition. And he wrote a letter to sponsors and city leaders and patrons and fans about boycotting the Kentucky Derby. And we're gonna get into the details as to why he did that. First off, number two, what they hope to accomplish. And also, how will we know that what they asked for and if they receive it, how will we know if they receive it and how will we know what that's going to do, what it all means? More importantly, what they want. Because we all know that they've been running the Kentucky Derby for 145 years. And even if we're dealing with a pandemic that is killing millions of people, the Kentucky Derby is still being run. So I can't imagine what event would stop the Kentucky Derby from being run. So now that we understand what is out there, the next two weeks in Louisville, Kentucky will be very intense. And Pastor Finley is going to detail in this conversation exactly what their protest and what their presence will look like and feel like for the people in Louisville, Kentucky, because this is going to be interesting. But also this is not the first time this has happened. You can do the research and there is a precedent for this. And it goes back to 1967. In 1967, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and a local pastor by the name of Reverend Dr. Charles Elliott Jr. were part of a boycott of the Kentucky Derby in 1967 over housing discrimination. At that time, the protesters planned on gaining entry into Churchill Downs and then walking out onto the track and sitting down, physically stopping the race from being run. Now, back in 1967, city leaders didn't want that. So they intervened and they met the protesters halfway and said, hey, we will sit at the table with you and we will listen to your demands and we will negotiate something with you. Once that offer was presented, the group led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Reverend Dr. Charles Elliott Jr. They all agreed, okay, we have your attention, then let's sit down and work this out. You have to think that this is part of what they are looking for with this new round of protests and boycotts. And we're going to find out about that as well. But one of the first things that happened with this particular situation is naturally, because it's dealing with horse racing, and because it's dealing with race, and because it's dealing with police brutality, and because it's dealing with justice, right? The majority of people involved in horse racing immediately will say this. Well, what does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with our horses? Why would you punish the horses? A lot of people are saying. Why would you punish people on the backside, the connections? And we're gonna get into that as well. 
with Pastor Finley. But one of the first things I did as I saw all this chatter taking place on social media for the past 30 days since Pastor Finley and the other three groups issued their request and their demands and their push for justice. One of the things that I've been hearing in the chatter is a lot of people, and uh, the majority of them are white, uh, immediately don't really want to hear why, why this is happening, what this is about. And, and then there were also black horse racing fans who started to echo the same sentiment. So I decided I need to check in with some of them and see where they stand. And one of the individuals that I found was a lady who is a longtime horse racing fan. And she lives on the East Coast. And she's a grown woman. And her name is Terry Bay. And so I spoke with Terry quickly about how she felt about this entire case and the push for a boycott. Look, I'm very sad about Brianna Taylor. I think what happened to her was a tragedy. I, I, was, I, I don't like no-knock warrants. That was, the, that was the problem with them to begin with. And I don't agree with my Senator Rand Paul on everything, but I'm glad he's against the no-knock warrants. That's, that's just... But anyway, the no-knock warrants is what the, the, the whole, that got started, the whole thing, because it was totally the wrong house. I mean, so any cop can just barge in and it's like, well, they can't, I mean, they can't say, oops, and uh, oops, well, yeah, you took her life. So, and I'm not happy that, I don't know if you know, but one of the cops accused in Florida of having a vacation. I mean, I'm just thinking that's outrageous. Anyway, the three cops haven't even been, now I haven't been following it that close because I'm, but um, I, I don't know if they're still on their jobs or not. Justice seems to be so slow. But I just, I now, and I also support protest. I don't have a problem with that. But I don't understand. They, they're saying that no justice, no derby. I, I, this is what, this is something I don't understand. Now mine is, mine's not so much an objection as a, but I don't understand what it's going to accomplish. I, I'm afraid that they're going to lose support for their cause. And so that was Terry Bay. She is an African-American woman who lives on the East Coast who has loved racing uh, a good portion of her life. And she brings up some valid points that a lot of people are going to bring up, you know, concerning is this the right way to go about getting or garnering mass support for your particular objective. And she's right, this will turn off a lot of people. A lot of people won't be able to open their minds or whatever is necessary to see the purpose or the intent of this. So we're gonna continue to have a discussion and find out exactly what can possibly be gained from action like this. And so let's get started. We're gonna speak uh, with uh, Pastor Finley right now and get to the bottom of this Kentucky Derby boycott. We are standing by right now with Pastor Timothy Finley Jr. He is a senior pastor with Kingdom Fellowship Christian Life Center in Louisville, Kentucky. 
And right now, this is a very important place in this country with things that are happening in regards to, to race relations, equality, justice, freedom, and how that is tying in to horse racing. Pastor Finley, are you there? I am here. Thank you for having me. Honored to be a part of the program. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, discuss this really important uh, line of action and the issue that we are dealing with right now. So I want to bring the people up to speed just quickly. Um, we, as in the black community across this country and black community in Louisville have been waiting for any kind of word regarding the investigation into the killing of Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky in the month of March. That is the number one, I do believe, incentive or motivation for this line of action. But I want you to tell everyone exactly how you got involved in this and how you were moved to put out the letter that you put out about a month ago to sponsors asking them to boycott the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby. How did this start? Absolutely. Um, well, I think you touched on it. Um, it has been five months, um, five months since Breonna Taylor's murder. And we have seen unrest. We have seen demands in our city. We've seen a public outcry across the country. And what has been the most difficult part of all of this um, is to see our city, to see our officials, to see the LMPD, not just drag their feet, but participate in what we believe is an active cover-up. Our mayor um, has, has really, um, and I don't even know if, again, cover-up is the right, the right, right description, but I'll say um, has participated in um, causing this to drag out as long as it has. And we know here in Louisville, those of us who are Louisvillians, those of us who are, are Kentuckians, we understand how significant the, the Derby is. We understand the economic boost that comes into certain parts of the city. And when you talk about five months later, that we're still waiting to hear if the officers will even be indicted after looking at the lies that were put on affidavits, the all these different facts that have happened, um, to be completely honest with you, this is not a celebratory time in the city. Um, even on the heels of, and, and I shouldn't say on the heels of, because we're still in the midst of the pandemic that is killing black people two and a half times greater than any other, any other race. So again, this is not a celebratory time. And it seems as though the only people um, who have made this Breonna Taylor, um, George McAtee and others um, have kept it at the forefront, have been those who are leading in protest and activism, and they have forced the city to take notice. And again, it is my, it is my contention, it's not just me, there are other groups that have put out letters um, that this cannot be a celebratory year, this cannot be a festive moment, especially in light of all that has happened. So we're not only asking people to boycott Derby, um, we believe that Derby should be canceled. And so with that, Pastor, you know, we get to this point where we're talking about an event and you know the 
effects and the ramifications uh, and the benefit that this event has to certain parts of the Louisville community and the entire mm -hmm. state of Kentucky. They've been doing this for uh, roughly 146 years. Right. Even a pandemic that we're in the midst of right now that is killing people mm -hmm. and putting people at risk is still not stopping this event. Right. So then the question is, in reality, what can you hope to accomplish with this line of action? Are, are we looking to actually physically cancel this event or are we looking, is this something more just to bring the leaders to the table and have them pay attention to the request? Uh, I think it's both. I think that it is our desire that the Derby be canceled. Now, to be completely realistic, we know the chances of that happening are slim to none. But again, that's put out there. Um, but we also know this, the eyes of the world um, that week and specifically on that particular day um, are on Louisville, are on Churchill Downs. And this is a time for people to understand around the world that black folk in Louisville, Kentucky are not happy, that valuing this race over lives um, is it's evil, it's wicked, um, and it is a symptom of a much larger problem. And then I would also say this, um, and, I, and I chose my words very carefully, when we talk about the economic boost to certain parts of the city, I would argue that the most distressed areas, um, the most poverty-stricken areas, do not receive, do not get, do not benefit from this economic boost. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest areas of gentrification in Louisville is all around Churchill Downs. You literally, to get to Churchill Downs, you're driving through and in neighborhoods and amongst people who are hurting. And again, this is, this is the issue in the city that we are devaluing people simply to continue creating this economic engine that does not benefit them in the first place. Pastor Finley, I wanna go back and talk about the historical relevance of this line of action. As I understand it, and I, and I hope that you're more familiar with this than I am, about 43 years ago, the same situation took place in Louisville, mm -hmm. Kentucky, and this was concerning housing discrimination. Yes. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and I do believe the Reverend Dr. Charles Elliott Jr. Yes. Uh, who's a, a local pastor and has been there for a long time was involved in that. Mm -hmm. as, I, as I understand it, the entire intent was, as I mentioned before, was to bring leaders to the table to, to have a discussion. And in that case, I believe that that was the result. They did bring leaders to the table and they had a discussion. Is that still possible here now? And is that what you want? Well, I, I do think it's possible, but I'll say I'll say this, and, and I'm very familiar with um, that 67 action. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe that the intent at one time was to march on Churchill Downs um, and yes, not sir. simply to boycott the particular derby. But I'll say when you talk about 43, 40 plus years later, um, the issues may have changed and I would probably even say they haven't really changed, but I would say if you even go and take the position that particular issue has changed, we're seeing still widespread systematic um, oppression and racism um, in our city. 
And again, um, it's so important that people understand that people who are distressed will do whatever it takes to get the attention of individuals. Um, but now it's different because it's not just bringing people to a table. Um, I believe that the Churchill Downs, the, the, the whole establishment should be actively participating in, in helping people. I, I really, really do believe that. Some may say that's not realistic. Some may say, well, that's not their place, but I would argue that it absolutely is their place. And what we're seeing now is um, people no longer want apologies. They no longer want simple conversations without justice and without resources. And that again is so, so very important. I believe that's what they wanted in 1967. It's what we are demanding today. And we use that word demand strategically because oppressive structures don't give oppressed people anything. Oppressed people have to demand, not ask, but demand what is rightfully theirs. And we live in a state, again, that values horses over human life. And Pastor, I apologize. My math is all wonky. That was 53 years 53. ago. Okay. I apologize. Um, but we're still on this on the right track. So here we are. We are two and a half weeks to the Kentucky Derby. And you mentioned how in 1967, they actually planned not only to march, but they were going to go to the track and sit down Yes. And, and form a protest to stop that race. That doesn't seem possible now. So what does it look like? What does this protest look like the week of the Kentucky Derby and the day of the Kentucky Derby physically? Is well, there a presence? What, what do you have planned? What I can tell you is this, and and. I don't think that this is um, secret at all. Right. Um, there will be wide, wide demonstrations across the city that whole week. And you have groups in the city, you have groups that are not in the city that are standing in solidarity and saying enough is enough. Um, so what I love about the young people of the day they're very creative, they're very passionate, and they're very focused. Now here comes, I guess, more of a, a simple pedestrian type question in the form of the first thing that the people who support horse racing, uh, people who are involved in the industry, the first thing they're going to say, obviously, is what What do the horses have to do with this? Absolutely. And I won't they even go that. They're all in my inbox. They're writing me letters. I know they're on me. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to even go into to that simple of a mode. I, but I will ask the question, and you know this about the history of horse racing and the industry. There are a, a tremendous uh, amount of people of color, especially black people, who are what's called the grooms for these horses. Mm -hmm. And they take pride in taking care of these horses for, for years. And if that Kentucky Derby, if that horse wins the Kentucky Derby, so does that groom. Mm -hmm. That groom gets to celebrate that victory, and that's there forever for them. So then the question would be, what about them? Well, what about I, those black people and people of color who rely upon this to so, really help out their year? Well, I will say this. Historically, anytime there was a movement um, regarding inequities, regarding inequality, um, when there was a movement or an action where there had to be something done, a revolutionary moment, um, 
there was always sacrifice. There has always been sacrifice. People often, you know, talk about the Montgomery bus boycott. Well, mm -hmm. I often tell people, who do you think was impacted? Yes, the government when when that chokehold was put on public transportation, but but understand there were also people that depended on the bus to get to work, to get around. And they made sacrifices because they understood the big picture. Um, that has been a part of every single movement that yes, I have the ability to benefit from this. Yes, I take pride in this, but the bigger picture, the bigger picture is not simply um, my desires and what I like. The bigger picture is the people, the oppressed people, what is right, what is wrong. And I would argue that from a spiritual standpoint, from a natural standpoint, if we're going to see change, if a movement is going to be effective, there will have to be sacrifices from people who have a vested interest in certain aspects um, that are being moved against. That's one of the things that really um, always kind of stops me in my tracks when I think about protest and as you mentioned, sacrifice, and especially that Montgomery uh, boycott, because that lasted uh, a year and those people walked Absolutely. to work yeah. and home every single day, miles. Yes. And think about every that. Every day. Seven month, <laughs> think about that seven months in, how you're feeling. Yeah. Months in. You know, it's one thing the first the first two weeks, the first month. But when you're that dedicated that, yes, this is a tremendous sacrifice. This is uncomfortable. This is physically taxing. This is physically taxing. But yet I believe in the movement and I believe um, we can have the outcome that benefits the generations to come. And I think we have to think in those terms. It's not just me and it's not just my immediate. These are generational things. You, you, you said it earlier in the, uh, in the episode. This has been going on for 146 years, this derby, 146 years. And even a pandemic where millions have died, they're still going forward. That alone, that alone to me says they value all of this over everything. And I would say, I wonder how many of the people in those, those uh, stables um, would fit the, uh, the pandemic crisis um, sort of, you know, those with pre-existing conditions, older mm -hmm. gentlemen, older women. I, I would say we're even putting them at risk because I think although it's a scaled down, although it's a scaled down derby, um, it's still going to be thousands of people there. It won't be like it won't be like the you know previous derby, right. but right. I don't think people understand how large Churchill Downs is. So even if you take a percentage, that is still bigger than any NBA, N, um, NCAA, golf, whatever. This will be the biggest sporting event to date of a gathering in one place. And so, Pastor Finley, I'm I'm wondering now because a lot of people will will wonder. What is, um, it's not going to be a happy ending, but what is a positive conclusion here? And I'm gonna rattle off a couple of items. Okay. Number one would be obviously to address the three officers mm -hmm. involved in the killing of Breonna Taylor with charges. Absolutely. Um, they need to be indicted. And that investigation needs to continue. And then how do they show you 
the that they are going to be able to redirect the funds and some of that economic power into those neighborhoods and those communities that you are that you want that are distressed how do they show you that they can mm -hmm. do that well thank you that amazing question i'm a part of a group along with um i think it's 49 or 50 other um business leaders not just community leaders but business leaders black business leaders minority entrepreneurs um led by the urban league sadiqa reynolds we all signed off on it and there's a document very detailed um called um the pathway to peace i believe that's the name of it it details exactly what we're asking for everything from housing everything from community development it's very detailed this document again myself alice houston um, Sadiqa Reynolds, um, Aldwin Helton, some very notable, very notable um, black leaders in our city came together and put this document together specifically for this time that we're in. Because um, I'll tell you, a lot of what's happening, I don't know if people understand this, um, but yes, we want to see these officers indicted, but so much has happened that simply indicting the officers, while that will, that will prove to be a step in the right direction, we still have an issue with the mayor. As if you're in Louisville, you know um, that now city council has joined sort of that fight. I'm one that um, as a former employee of Louisville Metro government, I believe that the mayor needs to resign. I think that this has become so embarrassing and and this lmpd issue that we have he's had the last nine years he built this police department um and now he has to um he has to deal with the the ramifications and the consequences of what he built um so i think we have all of these issues i to, to answer your question indict the officers yes i believe that our city cannot move forward in healing until this mayor um, steps down, and I believe that that document um, should absolutely be taken by people who want to see, uh, you know, these things come to an end, so to speak. Well, that document can show you how. Pastor Finley, I really appreciate you taking the time to express your side of this because in horse racing i am in the industry mm -hmm. uh i'm a lone voice in the industry and i'm gaining i'm garnering some support for people who understand where i'm coming from as far as race relations are concerned not only in this country but specifically in this industry that was built on the backs of black labor uh black slaves mm -hmm. black jockeys black grooms all of that started this great sport that right. has been here for centuries and yet there is no representation visually of that mm -hmm. contribution so I'm always trying to provide more perspective as to how we feel and what we are looking for. So I really do appreciate you uh, offering the insight and I hope that you all continue to stay safe. Yes. And I specifically hope that during the week of the Derby and that day that everything goes according to your plan and you all stay mm -hmm. safe out there and together. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me and thank you for, for your stance and what you're doing. So I really appreciate it and I'm honored to be on. So. Thank you. And there we have it. Okay, so here we are. And 
now that I've heard all of this, I've had conversations with people and I've, and I've uh, had a few interactions with people on social media. You know, I feel like, and I even said it there with Pastor Finley and others, I, I don't want anything to get in the way of this glorious event. I love the Kentucky Derby. I love horse racing. But I also understand that this is a critical time, not just in our world, but specifically in our industry. You know, we've been talking about this now for two months out in the open. This is the first time we've talked about race and horse racing out in the open like this ever. And we've been doing it consistently for two months. But I can already see that the passion and the energy and the drive to push for equality and some changes in this industry, it's already waning. For a lot of people, it's already died. And that's how it works in this country with just about everything, but especially when it comes to race relations in this country, we get excited for a little while and then we go right back to where we were. And, you know, it's one thing to say to me, and a lot of people have said, hey, I understand the need for protest and boycott, but what does this have to do with that? And as you heard Pastor Finley say, that's the point. Well, there's always been sacrifice in every single situation. And, you know, he brought up the Montgomery bus boycott. I mean, that's really intense when you think about that. You know, it's one thing to say, yeah, we're going to boycott the, the bus lines to, to force them into understanding that we want equality and we want to be treated like people and not like animals, not like cattle. And so it's one thing to be galvanized like we have been. You know, we talked about this. Two months we've been talking and people have been reaching out to me on social media. Executives, um, people in the industry have all reached out and supported the things that I have been saying and others have been saying. I'm not the only person saying it. I'm just the only person saying it the way that I'm saying it, which is direct, straight at you. I'm not asking you for any favors. I'm telling you. If you don't like that, I don't care because that is ridiculous for you to expect any black person to stand in front of you with their hat in their hand, begging you for consideration, begging you for equality, begging you for equity, begging you for diversity. I'm not doing that. I'm telling you this is what we want. If you don't want to do that, move. Now, as far as this boycott is concerned, I don't think anything will ever stop the race. But if this is what they need to do to get some attention, if this is what they need to do to get city leaders to meet them at the table and discuss some things, then so be it. And I do feel bad for any of the connections because I am in the industry. I understand to a certain degree how difficult it is to get a horse ready to run in the biggest race of their career and maybe even the biggest race of your life. I expressed that to Pastor Finley about people on the backside, grooms who are minorities, black and Latin. And even if they're white, they are included in this too. If their horse wins the race, it changes everything for them. So I would never want to deny that. I would never want to stop the event. But I completely understand the point of using the event to help to elevate your particular objective and proposal. I totally understand that. And what I don't understand is why ordinary people can't understand the need for that. Can't understand the desire to want more people to understand your perspective and, and to see it and to help. So I'm pretty positive that nothing's gonna stop the Kentucky Derby from being run, but things are going to be different this year. 
You know, a lot of things are happening right now in Louisville, Kentucky. Members of the city council in Louisville, Kentucky are, are calling on Mayor Greg Fisher to resign. And you also heard Pastor Finley talk about that as well as they wrote the letter up, a proposal that, that they're requesting that the mayor resign. They don't believe that he has done a good job with this case and, and with others preceding this particular case. Now, Mayor Fisher has said he will not attend the Kentucky Derby because of the COVID-19 restrictions and because of the racial tensions and the boycott and the protests that are going to be physically visible the week of the Kentucky Derby and the day of the Kentucky Derby. Also part of the tradition is that the governor of Kentucky, Governor Andy Bashir, would, would be on hand to give the trophy to the winning connections. We have not heard whether the governor of Kentucky will be at the Kentucky Derby. Everything is different, people. There's only one thing that stays the same. They're still going to have to run around the two turns at Churchill Downs, making left-hand turns, and one horse will win the Kentucky Derby. And the payouts will still be handed out to the fans. So we still have a race to handicap and a race to bet. So as far as horse players are concerned, really nothing changes. And I believe that you can split your interest and even kind of split your mind to say, yes, I, I love the horses. I want them to run and I'm gonna handicap this race. At the same time, I understand what they are boycotting. I understand what they're saying. I understand what their intent is and it's not personal. Does that make sense? Like it's not personal. They're just trying to get justice. I understand that concept. Let's hope that it comes to a point where everyone meets at the table and progress is made. That's going to do it for this special edition of Believe in Horse Racing with Ken Rudolph. Thank you so much for hanging out with us in this conversation. We'll continue to talk more as we get closer to the Kentucky Derby, and hopefully we'll be getting closer to our goals, personally and financially. <laughs> Until next time. We'll see you. Let's get this money together. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.